In February of 1944, a 52-year-old Christian Dutch watchmaker named Corrie Ten Boom, her sister Betsy, and her father Casper, along with 27 other people in her household, were arrested by Gestapo under suspicion of being a part of the Dutch resistance and helping Jews. Corrie and her sister were sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp in Germany. Betsy died in December, and 12 days after she died, Corey was released due to a clerical error, and she narrowly escaped being sent to the gas chambers that week. Corey wrote the book The Hiding Place, which detailed her family's efforts in hiding Jews, passing out ration cards, and caring for those with mental disabilities, along with her experience in prison and in the concentration camps that she was in during World War II. In her book, she wrote, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Now I would imagine that there's a few people watching who have had worries in their lives, whether they be normal everyday worries and concerns or much deeper anxiety. And here's the thing, I am the last person that would stand and say, well, Jesus says don't worry, so if you're worrying then you aren't following Jesus and you need to just pray more and believe more and everything will be okay. I don't believe that for a second. So hear me, you are not less of a Christian if you struggle with anxiety, if you have an anxiety disorder, or if you worry about your kids or your spouse or your parents or your siblings or your job or money or whatever. So now that we've gotten that part out of the way, let's talk seriously about worry and where Jesus is coming from in this text. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour span to your life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, 
an unveiling treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so Jesus talks of the lilies of the field being clothed in splendor, the ravens being fed by God even though they really don't do anything other than fly, they don't sow or reap, and how we cannot add an extra hour to our life by worrying. But what does that actually mean for us? I mean, it's all fine to say don't worry, but it's another thing to actually live that out. And you know, some worry and concern does help us to an extent. It can keep us on task and focused. It can prevent us from making kind of foolish decisions. But what's not helpful is worrying without doing anything about it and worrying about the things that we have no control over. Allowing worry to paralyze us from moving forward with our lives. Now on the flip side, you know, sometimes worry drives us to do things that are not helpful. It's one thing to worry about your loved ones when they leave the house, being concerned that something might happen to them. And it's a totally other thing to forbid them from leaving the house because of what might happen. Worry and anxiety, they're in this weird place of being told that we shouldn't worry about stuff because it'll all work out and knowing that there are some legit things to be worried about. Going up to a person who's worrying about money, about having enough food, or having shelter and telling them, well, you know, Jesus says you just shouldn't worry because God will provide. That's not helpful in the least. Telling a loved one that it's probably not a smart idea to try and jump over a slippery five-foot rock crevice because you're worried that they're going to slip and fall and crack their head open, that's a helpful worry to voice. And yes, I have had to do that before. And yes, thankfully that person listened to me. This text, this gospel text, it's not about living life without a care in the world because God will magically provide everything a person needs. This text is really addressing those who have enough already. Those who have enough food, have enough clothing, have enough possessions, and then spend their lives trying to acquire more and more. It causes us to ask the questions, is life not more than the things that we spend our lives seeking? Do I really need another thing to make me rejoice? Can I do things that alleviate the worries that others have? Can I do something to alleviate my own worries and anxieties? It's also about us recognizing that worry, instead of being paralyzing, should drive us to do something. It can drive us to grow closer to God. It can drive us to trust that God will give us the tools to work through worries that are within our control. And it can also drive us to listen to where God is calling us and breathe in the peace and comfort that is offered when we take the time to stop and allow God to take on our burdens. When I think about the quotation that I mentioned earlier from Corey Ten Boom, for me, I realize that that quotation is a reminder 
that constantly worrying doesn't actually allow me to look at the bigger picture or even the smaller one. Instead, it burdens me, it paralyzes me into hyper-focusing on a few things which hinders my ability to get anything done. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but when I look at my to-do list and think about how much is expected of me, how much I expect of myself, how much I really do need to get done, I get super overwhelmed. And when that happens, I'm suddenly carrying the burden of multiple days worth of work, and that is draining. I have to be reminded by myself and by others that it's about breaking things down into what has to get done right now, what will happen whether I worry about it or not, and what can wait. And I also have to be reminded to breathe. You know, stop and breathe. Me getting in my head and worrying and not being able to do anything because I'm so busy worrying kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if I don't take measures to snap out of it. And so my go-to when this happens is to journal. Write down all of the thoughts that are swirling around in my head that are causing me to have a freak out so that I can get them out of my head and be able to think a little more clearly and move forward. What's your skill? What's your coping skill when worry and anxiety start to take a hold of you? We're humans. And because we're humans, we will have worries. We will have things that weigh on us. Now, maybe our worries, maybe your worries are products of trauma that you've been through. Maybe they're totally irrational. Maybe they're materialistic. Maybe these worries are legit concerns about where your next meal is going to come from, whether or not you'll pull through something medically, if your job is secure, and a whole host of other things. Maybe it's like picking the correct shade of blue or tan for your paint color. I mean, that's, that's a worry for some people. Whatever your worries are, you know, I don't want to discount them because your worries are your worries. Like whatever's worrying you, that's, that's yours. We don't get to say if something should worry you or not. But how can we turn our worries from burdens that weigh us down into opportunities to both take action and rejoice in what we have from God? Because excessive worry is not good for us even though we tend to kind of do it a lot. Now you might be wondering, well, where is the good news in all of this? Where is God? The good news is that there are things that we can do to manage our worry, manage our anxiety, and part of that is leaning on God and using the gifts that God has given us to take action, to help others, and to be still in God's presence. Jesus says at the end of this text where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you worry about things that are material when you have enough, well, that's where your heart is. When you worry about things that are totally out of your control, that's where your heart is. So worry, be concerned, think about the things that are in your control, the things that you have the power to change. And don't worry about the things that don't matter. Don't live your life in fear 
of all of the things that you can't control because there's a lot of stuff that we can't control. We can control ourselves, our thoughts, our reactions, our actions. But we can't control other people. Even though sometimes I think we wish we could. We can't control the weather. We can't control our own salvation because our salvation was something given to us already through Jesus' death on the cross. When we spend all of our time worrying about things that don't matter in the long run, then our heart is in the things that don't matter in the long run. When we worry about the things that do matter, that's where our hearts lie in the things that matter. So where does your heart tell you to place your worries and your burdens? Jesus tells us to bring them to God. Bring your burdens and your worries and your anxieties to God and let God give you the tools to work through what you can control. And God will take care of the things that you cannot control. And for the things that you cannot control, don't let them weigh you down. Don't carry the load of something that's not in your power to change. Focus instead on what you can change, what you do have control over and allow God to worry about the stuff that's out of your control. For those of you who are weighed down by worries and burdens, my prayer for you is that those worries and burdens can be lifted, that you can bring them to God, and that you can trust in God's goodness and mercy to focus on those things that you can control the worries of today and not worry about the stuff for tomorrow. Amen. Here are a couple of reflection questions for you to use to go deeper into the message this week. Whether you talk about them with another person, use them for personal journaling or reflection time, or simply just Ask yourself for a brief moment what you think of them. The first, what do you worry about the most? The second, does the worry that you carry help you or burden you?